Hello. Ah, guten Morgen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's guten Morgen indeed. <laughs> <laughs> How goes it? Uh, just exhausting. You know, when yeah. I was when I was a kid, I loved December because it was uh the month leading up to Christmas. Everything was all Christmassy and super fun and I was excited about presents and also my birthday and there was just so much going on, but it was all fun stuff and there was plenty of time to do all of it. Um, my mom was exhausted and I didn't understand why, but now that I'm uh, 37, uh, the month of December is onerous um, and everything is just happening all at once and I can't do anything and I feel like I'm just barely keeping my head above water trying to like accomplish the most minor of tasks. Oh, oh man. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's, there's a lot that happens in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only it's, it seems to me, it's like, not only are there a lot of personal things that have to take place or typically take place in December where folks are sort of rushing around, they're getting ready for the holiday season where people spend a bunch of money on a bunch of things. Um, and, you know, plans and travel and all this. But then it's also the time of year when jobs are a lot of the time rushing as well, because people even in in the worst jobs and I say this in a like this is a very particular type of worst, uh, which is the um, we hardly give you any time off. But even in the worst jobs, uh, the Christmas series, like Christmas days are, are given off. And so the jobs are like, okay, well, uh, we, we need to scramble because we do this every year, but sometimes we don't think about the fact that we've got to get this done. Um, and I'm not, I'm not talking about just to be clear. It almost sounds like I'm throwing shade, uh, secretly at my job or something. No, we get multiple holidays off, but, um, I just there's there's a lot of rushing that takes place uh, as you get ready for those seasons. And that part actually is true for um, for my job where we between uh, Christmas days and New Year's uh, New Year's. Oh, my God. And the new year, um, there's not a whole lot that's going on um, as far as like what we're doing. And so we've got uh, what we call best ofs, uh, sort of a look back at the year and um, end of the year episodes and things like that. And so we, it's just a, a big, big, big scramble. So getting prepared for all of that has been interesting. Um, and this coming Monday is going to be a very long, long day. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely feel that for sure. And I'm trying to disregard the fact that tomorrow is the, uh, the, the (laughs) reminder that, you know, uh, mortality is a thing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, our, our birthdays are only two days apart, so. Uh, we, we both get an existential crisis this month. <laughs> Huzzah! Existential yeah. crises. Mm. Congratulations on your existential crises. I, I've been thinking, and I think I'm going to do this, and that I'm glad we're talking because it's a reminder that I need to look this up and see. I think that those who birthed us deserve to be celebrated on birthdays because they kind of did the hard work of the situation. I suppose like we get to celebrate the fact that we have somehow, you know, fed ourselves enough and, um, I don't know, drank enough water and moved our bodies enough to sustain life for another year. But also I think that, uh, those who birthed us deserve to be celebrated. So I'm thinking about, sending flowers to my mom um on my birthday to say hey thanks for that mm, that's nice yeah I, yeah i uh hadn't quite viewed it that way because i always thought of it as you know um just celebrating the fact that you're old and then uh 
Well, you would have thought of that at eight. It's like you weren't old at eight. No, but that's what Mother's Day was for. Um, But I I feel like we, I feel like we always half-assed Mother's Day uh, because when you're children, um, you try to like give parents things or. Yeah, um, I made you this Mm -hmm. uh, Taco Bell hot sauce wrapper uh, flip flop. Yeah, here's a coupon. Here's a coupon book of chores I won't actually do. Um, (laughs) Or chores that I already have been assigned. (laughs) Yeah, Um, finally do them. Yeah, it's and here's here's a an an edible breakfast in bed. Um, Enjoy. Uh, (laughs) The kitchen's destroyed. Please clean that up. (laughs) Oh uh, my god! Yes, children are horrible. But um, the uh, the, it's it's a but I I guess I'm looking forward to despite all the running around I need to do. This week, um, before I leave town, um, I am uh, sort of looking forward to the the not work interval that will be coming up. Um, I, I do think that uh, one of the th- one of the things that I could appreciate about my former employer uh, was that at a certain point they they just said to themselves, "You know what? Um, nobody really is here very much throughout the uh, the period between." Uh, Christmas and New Year's with variable overlapping quantities before and behind it, um, the head of it, whatever you want to call that. Um, and so they, 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 uh, were just like, here, we're going to give you the week off between these dates and any additional oh, time off you take is, is on, on you to do. But, um, that was, that was a, a good policy, I think, because I don't feel like it is super productive because, uh, you always run into issues around the holidays where people are using their time off and they're using it in different spots. So you might be in the office, but the person you need to talk to to get something done is not going to be in the office. And then so nothing gets done until that person comes back and then you're on vacation. Um, so I feel like there is a productivity hit from the holidays, uh, where, uh, you might as well just shut it all down. <laughs> just let everybody, <laughs> just let everybody go home. Um, clients are not super responsive during the holidays. Uh, so true. Yeah. And so it's just like just 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 knock it off. Just be like, yeah, we're gonna reconvene one five twenty twenty, and uh, we'll just do it then. Reconvene after a brief recess, mm-hmm. one might say. Also, I think I technically picked a Sunday, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever one five is. Uh but uh just 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 some point in the future after that isn't the actual like holiday or the day after the holiday. Just just like give everybody some time off. Um and uh I, I don't I don't know. But maybe that's just my um entitled opinion as a oh my God. as an office <laughs> drone. Um but uh buzz buzz. <laughs> uh but we should probably talk about some technology since it's going to be the last time we're going to do it uh in 2019 and we get to revisit um whatever it was we liked about this year i suppose um in addition to uh a couple last uh hurrahs uh for the year like this morning when i woke up i saw a bunch of smart home stuff Um, yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i figured i'm talking to a smart home guy uh so smart 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 home explain it to me okay (laughs) Please, please to be smart home explaining. Um, all right. So for the 94th time, uh, a bunch of companies are teaming up to uh, try and make the smart home compatible across platforms. Um, so I want I want to be I want to think of this as a positive thing is how I feel in my heart. But in my brain, I don't know. Um, There are several different, um, several different smart home protocols that already exist. You can use Wi-Fi as a communication method. You can use Bluetooth as a communication method. There's Z-Wave. There's Zigbee. There's Thread. Uh, there are some other protocols that are less, uh, well known and Uh, hold on a second. Thread is also Bluetooth low energy, right? Bluetooth LE or is that Uh, different? That's different. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now you've got me wondering. Um, 
It's my understanding that it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's not Bluetooth low energy. It's um, uh, more along the lines of Wi-Fi. Uh, it's low power um, IPv6 uh, communication protocol. And so it uses the new um, 802.15.4 uh, stuff. <laughs> uh, to communicate. So yeah, it's um, more along the lines of a, of a Wi-Fi than a, um, a Bluetooth. So all of these protocols exist um, and they are, you know, all trying to make, uh, make it so that these devices can communicate with one another and do so uh, with some level of, of, reliability and speed and things like that. And the problem is you run into an issue where you might get a product that doesn't work with one of the smart assistants that you want. So I might get, you know, a, a plug that's on sale on Amazon's website and it works with Amazon's smart assistant, uh, but it doesn't work with HomeKit. So it, it seems that Google, Amazon, Apple, IKEA, um, and a few others. In fact, it's it's the whole Zigbee alliance. So that's um, Samsung. Oh, wait, I think I already said Samsung. Signify, which makes uh, the Philips Hue devices, as well as some of the others that I mentioned, are all working on a group called Project Connected Home over IP. P-choip. P-choip. <laughs> Um, so, um, uh, Pete Choip is not a new rapper that has just introduced, has introduced themselves, uh, to the world, but is instead, um, a, an alliance of, of companies trying to make, uh, specifications to allow for communication across different smart assistants. So it's a good thing, but we're going to hear lots of jokes, including from me, about how this is just the latest uh, to, to join it. Yeah, we've got Amazon, Apple, Google, Zigbee Alliance, um, Ikea Legrand, that's NXP Semiconductors, Residio, Samsung SmartThings, Schneider, Schneider Electric, uh, Signify, which is uh, Philips Hue, Silicon Labs, Somfy, never heard of him, Woolian, <laughs> oh, my friend Woolian, I like Woolian, uh, are all joining together to contribute to this project. Um, and it's building upon the internet protocol. So it's already, you know, a well-used protocol that uh, these different companies use to make it, uh, make, make these devices communicate with one another. But, <sighs> but I think it's important, at least according to this Verge article, to highlight the fact that just because they're using um, the internet protocol, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that the device is talking to the internet when it does something. It is just that these devices are talking to each other over uh correct what tcp ip is it tcp ip or is it some other ip anyway they're they're, they're doing it over ip um but the the but they they can potentially just be doing it within the confines of your own home so it's not necessarily like connecting to a server to do something it doesn't have to do that at least according to what the verge is saying in this piece. Yeah, and that and that seems to be uh, the case for uh, Choip's website. Um, that is what they're saying. In fact, uh, they say in the FAQ, some companies might focus their product offerings on the protocol over Wi-Fi and Ethernet, like we know about, while others might target the protocol over Thread or BLE. Um, so uh, there are ways to use this protocol, even if. Uh, you're not, you know, if you're thinking about it as just this is Internet or this is Wi-Fi, it is not. That's not exactly how this works. Um, so it's it's a little bit different. Uh, but essentially, the idea is that regardless of what device you're using, you can count on if you're if they're using a P choip product, it will work with uh, your different assistants. Um and in fact, 
you know, they talk about don't worry, the existing products that are out there are going to continue to be supported. Uh, that's not going to change, but um, there will be, you know, new additions that help make it better. And it is, uh, uh, looks like it's going to be open source too, which is kind of cool. It's interesting because um, Apple's stuff previously, one of the reasons why it hasn't, you know, been like, super adopted um mm-hmm. is i thought there was a some form of a certification process still in place even though it's no longer a hardware like made for right licensing program there's the if if there's a company who participates in peachwip um they may not necessarily need to go through any sort of authorization from apple in order to to ship their product right at this time um it's interesting because Amazon now has uh, added a similar process that Apple has been doing. At this time, um, the main thing that Apple does when it tests your device is to make sure that it's uh, reliable. That it, you know that it, if you're going to put works with Apple HomeKit on the side, the device has to be relatively reliable. You have to be able to connect to it without having to download a third-party app or create a third-party account. So you can just do it directly within the home uh, app on iOS. And Amazon now has a program in place um, that I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's basically a program that's like, can an average user uh, set this up without an issue? And so they've hired people to test these products who are not, you know, smart home savvy to see if they can work. Um, and that is sort of their certification process. So Apple hiring, I mean, uh, Amazon hiring uh, uh, contractors that are not trained to do a specific task and then pay, <laughs> paying them very little money to do it. Hmm, that doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't seem like sound. them at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're, they, in theory, you know, like I said, this is a, a good thing. And we'll see that... Um, you know, these companies really do want to have these uh, devices all work together. And I think that's a good thing uh, because, yeah, there are a lot of different products out there and it is confusing right now trying to make sure that you get stuff uh, that's all going to work together. Yeah. And I know that was one of the reasons why Amazon said that they weren't selling the HomePod because um, they didn't want like customer confusion if they were buying things that didn't work with other certain items and stuff for a certain period of time. Um, but uh, oh, like uh, with the Apple TV too, that was one of the reasons why they're like, oh, it doesn't work with Alexa stuff, so that's why we, you know, didn't do that. And it's like, okay. Um, but uh, the the other thing that I'm interested about that I haven't seen mentioned in the coverage that i've briefly looked at this morning so it may totally be answered um or it may soon be answered before this podcast is released is um whether or not this alliance plans on doing anything about device setup across different assistants um because i think that is an area that many customers are frustrated with uh when they need to set up or change an attribute uh or whatever set up a component uh of a uh, uh device on their on their connected smart home stuff that they need to do it repeatedly for whatever virtual assistance that they oh, are, yeah, are using God. with it. Yes. Um, so it would it would be nice if a side effect of this was that somehow through this protocol these virtual assistants uh, the the devices could talk to all of the virtual assistants that they were connected to and share information about their setup with one another because I don't necessarily expect uh, Apple to interface with Amazon and have some sort of connected thing, but they have stuff that is roughly proximate to one another, um, like device names. Like, why, why do I need to set those up different? Um, you've got, uh, what is it, scenes and um, I forget the Amazon thing for oh, it. Oh, routines. Y- yeah. Uh, oh, uh, well, no, the other thing, uh, basically like groupings of like, this is, this is a room, um, uh, that, that kind of stuff where it's just like, why, why do I need to like set up these room groupings in multiple places? You guys have basically semantically the same s- stuff. And like you said, mm-hmm. with routines, they have semantically a similar idea between these things. And it's just like, why, 
why can't we just like have those equivalent things um, uh, be cross-referenced between them? I realize that introduces a headache, especially in terms of like syncing them. Um, so it's easy for me to say, just do that. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's it's definitely something I think consumers would like because it is annoying for the con- to be the consumer who has to synchronize those things manually yourself, especially if you get your home set up in a certain way and then you're like, uh-oh, I got to move this thing to the other room. And it's like, okay, let me do that with this assistant and that assistant and make sure that it sticks on both of them. And then they both correspond and that I don't have a routine that's referencing that device specifically in the old room that it was in. Um, Because I know that you've recently moved and I'm sure you haven't put everything exactly in the rooms that it was originally in. Exactly. And you've probably run into situations where you've asked an assistant to turn on something and then, it either didn't happen or it happened in a different room than you were expecting. Um, that, that kind of situation, it would just be nice if we could smooth over those edges by having something that was more consistent. And like with one of the nice things about HomeKit that you mentioned before is that, um, these manufacturers are required to, uh, have the device be able to be set up entirely with HomeKit, uh, with the home app, um, on a device. So that's, very nice for for that purpose and i hope that that is a requirement of of this this group um because it would also be nice to do that with uh stuff for other virtual assistants because i don't like the apps that these companies make they're they're not good um and uh i really loathe even like the the firmware upgrade process where i get a notification in the home app that i need to go to the other app to the firmware. <laughs> right. I'm like, I don't want to do it. But please don't <laughs> like, make me go there. No, it's a horrible place. Um, you need to create a login for blah, 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 switch, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but, but, but why? <laughs> Just, <laughs> why? Why do I need to do it? Um, so anyway, uh, I think I think that's probably the, the big smart home news. The Verge also apparently has a big old banner for some feature on Ikea 2.0 inside the feature of the giant's big bet on the smart home. And um, I haven't read that and I'm not going to. Oh, uh, I haven't read that yet either. So thank you for <laughs> I will be reading that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think there's a lot of smart home stuff that's definitely going to be happening. Um, uh, and uh, I, I also think it's good that these companies are negotiating with each other, which is something that I know that people have wanted for a long time because it doesn't make a lot of sense to people when they buy things that don't work um, with other things, uh, which I, is something that I have actually done uh, back before... Wemo had Siri support. Um, those are the smart, first smart switches that I bought because they were well reviewed, mm-hmm. and um, I did not realize because the packaging uh, I think shows you the I- that there's an iOS app, but they aren't actually they weren't um, compatible with uh, with HomeKit, and so then I had to return the switches, um, which was annoying um, because uh, they were on sale, and so then you got to do that whole dance and then uh i didn't have switches for a while and then i got the iHome one that uh our friend matt alexander had recommended um and i hadn't loved that and then i had the uh iDevices switch that you had recommended and that one behaves far better but uh iHome works just often enough that i haven't thrown it out um and replaced it but uh i but i have have both of them yeah I, i mean i don't need to contribute to plastic metal things in a landfill at the moment but uh it's it's uh it's it's definitely going to be interesting hopefully um and smooth over some stuff it would also be nice if this group one thing that i've had a lot of uh wariness about especially with non-home kit devices is um putting things on my home wi-fi network uh because when you're dealing with all these manufacturers one of them could have a breach of some kind uh, that they may not even know about or be aware of, or one that they would never be aware of because maybe they went out of business or they don't care. Uh, and then you have that sitting on your network as, a, as a, an attack vector. Um, so <laughs> Lovely. I, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see, especially because they, they, they highlight security. They're like, oh, everything will be encrypted over this um, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, great. But like, does does it like protect my home in some way? Like, it, see, and that's that's one of the other benefits of Apple's requirement that you can set up your uh, smart home devices locally, 
because if you don't use the third party app or you create an account that then links the device to a server somewhere, then that uh, vehicle of contamination is not um, not going to you know, have that outside connection. It's just part of your local area network. And that's one of the reasons why I like that uh, Apple does that. But yeah, then there are times where you need to get firmware updates. And that's one thing that I wish I think that Apple could improve upon. Um, I don't know how exactly they would do that if they would sort of have a server where they get the firmware updates from the companies, whether they could get companies to agree to that. I don't know. But that would be nice so that like I never even if I wanted to update to the latest firmware, I'm not having to link out to the World Wide Web uh, in order to do so would be pretty cool. Yeah, Uh, I I hope that is something this group considers tackling. Um, Yeah, because like if you have some sort of repository for this stuff, like that's one thing Apple does is like they have an app store and they they have people submit things to them that get downloaded to people's devices and they screen things and they can pull things. Um, so it would be, be nice if uh, people were submitting like their firmware updates or whatever to, uh, uh, to, to Apple. But um, uh, with a, with an organization like this, I don't know if the organization would take that kind of responsibility, um, but uh, it, it would just make me f- sleep better um, because it, it's, it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking, especially as these devices make their way out into the world and you have more and more family members who are not technologically savvy and who may reuse passwords on a frequent basis um, th- that they have these sitting around in their homes, um, just tapping into their stuff uh, inadvertently, accidentally, without their, their knowledge, um, because there was a, what was it? There was they, some some publication found like a bunch of like Alexa routines that um, were uh, all, uh, what was it? Uh, they, they, they were able to use reused passwords in order to compromise something and continue listening on a microphone. Um, but I don't, I don't remember the rest of that story, but it's, it's, a it it wasn't the situation where like the device itself was hacked or something bad had happened, but just, you had this thing in your house and you had, um, reused your password and exposed yourself to this uh, without your knowledge um, and just surrounded yourself with these devices. Uh, so, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's fine uh, and and dandy. And I look forward to Peach Wipe um, doing their, their whatever. <laughs> I look forward to Peach Wipe doing their whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're not going to do anything really until 2020 um, at the earliest, and that means you're probably not going to see these devices until like 2020 two um oh man yeah i, I don't know I, I, i'm not I, I, when, when there's news that's like this far out um i'm always reluctant to get very excited because like there's plenty of time for everybody to pull out of this one um way before anything ships uh this is not an announcement of any any currently shipping thing um i do think it's interesting that uh an upstart in this field um portal um is is not part of this group uh and uh that's that's curious also microsoft not there with uh their 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 cortanas um so hmm. cortana hmm. is not that's because cortana is uh i'm not even being a funny uh guy but it's not um going to be uh an assistant for much longer in the same way it'll basically become Anything that has to do with productivity and voice is Cortana, and Cortana does not exist in other places. So it's not a full-on virtual assistant, but instead is a modern Clippy. Yikes. Well, (laughs) rest in peace to another Microsoft project they gave up on. Uh, Enjoy being a glorified phone tree. Um, The... uh, Wow. Uh, on that note of sadness, uh, are there are there any uh, as we reflect back on twenty twenty? Are there are there any like really good or really bad things that you'd like to highlight? Perhaps uh, um, any you know, any device purchases that you were really happy about or really upset about? That's yeah. Uh, let's see. In twenty nineteen, um, the midnight green iPhone 
was announced uh, for a very long time. Um, I have wanted a green uh, iPhone and there have been green iPhones, but not in the color that I had wished. Uh, arguably, this is still not precisely the color that I'd wish, but it is a pretty sexy green and I am happy with it. Um, I remember I was covering the event live with Leo Laporte for uh, Twit and they showed the phone on screen and they had not yet commented on the color. And I said, Leo, is that green? Leo, is that green? Um, and then it was green and I was very excited. And not only was I excited, uh, it is clearly my brand uh, to like the color green it is, as it is my favorite color. And so people were sort of reaching out. Did you see the green phone? Uh, so that kind of, I don't know, that made me feel good that um, people out there also cared about whether I was excited about this new green phone. Um, so it was all around a really exciting thing. Uh, as long as I don't remind myself of the kind of gross consumerism of it all, <laughs> then I can be happy about the fact that um, I was pumped about spending a bunch of money on a green device. But no, genuinely, I have my green iPhone in hand right now. Um, caseless. It's beautiful. It's uh, thin and it takes incredible photos. I've been taking more photos with this phone than I have with an iPhone in a while. Um, and I don't know if that's just because it feels like I need to or if I genuinely, you know, am more impressed with these photos. So I'm taking them more often or what. But yeah, um, the camera is fantastic on it. And I am overall very happy with this phone. Um, and again, particularly because it is green. So that's my first one. What about you? Yeah, well. Uh, just to reinforce what you said, I also like that one. Um, I'm not going to pick it because that would be a boring pick, but uh, I, I do kind of wish it were greener, like you said, because uh, my boyfriend got one um, and he can't, he, he actually asked me the other day, did I get the green one? Um, oh, he, wow. Because <laughs> he lifted it up and he's got a he's got a, a black case that covers the whole thing except for the part where the camera component is. And we were in a not particularly bright space. And I was like, well, yes, you you did buy that one it just doesn't doesn't look really green right now if you just like blast it with some light you're gonna see it um but uh i i do, I do wish that were a little little more it doesn't need to be like you know neon or anything but uh, it, it just is uh very very muted um but uh i got the space gray um which everybody has decided was the boring pick um because people just need to buy new things i guess um in order to be interesting but uh hello dan uh the 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 camera situation like you said i think this is really the the best part of the phone and not just um i i don't really get a lot of use out of the wide angle and i think i'm um alone in that one i feel like a lot of people love the wide angle and there are definitely a lot of people who have seen use the wide angle nearly exclusively to take uh take photos but uh i i prefer uh just the regular uh photo taking and uh the the telephoto um but uh i appreciate the the cameras on this as compared to the 10s uh because i didn't like uh the 10s cameras i thought it was a step backwards um that it was uh, pretty mushy um, with what they were trying to do, uh, and that these this um, co computationally they they have uh, gotten much better about uh, producing a photo that is appealing uh, straight out of the the I would say box, but the slab um, without having to like tinker uh, with it. You can usually even get a pretty decent result without having to like go auto enhance and then uh, just stare at it and go. I guess it's fine, um, but. I, I, uh, I, I'm not going to pick that for my pick, just, just to re-up that, uh, that you have an excellent choice that you, you selected, but I'm going to pick a different camera, and that's uh, the Sony A6400, which came out in February, and I bought in August for a trip that I went on. Um, it is uh, really super boring to talk about like 
cameras with interchangeable lenses that you take the, around with you in the world today, because uh, they're not they're not they're not something people really want to carry because they're not small and you can't put them in your pocket mostly um, unless you have like some sort of enormous like Santa pockets or something. But uh, the uh, <laughs> the please my Santa pockets they are very big. <laughs> Uh, but the 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 A sixty four hundred is nice because it has incredible low light performance, and uh, the lens that I got to go with it, the eighteen to one thirty five lens, which was an option instead of the kit lens, which I think is sixteen to fifty or sixteen to fifty five, um, which is the older lens that they had provided for a long time. The eighteen to one thirty five gave me a wider range of options for what I was doing without having to change lenses on the mount. Um, very often, uh, which is something that really greatly annoys my traveling partner because I would have to stop and then take out the bag and then put the lens back in the bag and to put the other lens on and then click and lock it and then take the little, um, you know, lens cover off the, the top of it and then start taking photos again. Um, so that, that process slowed down like walking and, uh, I have received many complaints about it. Although, um, <laughs> he 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 doesn't know that I've secretly been buying a lot of lenses. <laughs> my oh free time. my word! Uh, so I'm gonna be back to swapping lenses soon. I got a 35 uh, millimeter prime 1.4. I want to say I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, it's a uh, it's very nice uh, and compact, but uh, it is it is of course fixed focal. Uh, and then there's um uh, a new. 70 to 350 which uh the effective uh because of the way the the camera uh the camera uses a smaller film back than um what they refer to as a full frame camera um because back in the day they used to use 35 millimeter film mm -hmm. um and wait did they did they did um and uh this is a smaller thing cropped cropped they say uh APS-C the C is for cropped um where it's a smaller itty bittier um but not as small as your iPhone which is why you still are going to be able to take uh higher resolution and better low light uh stuff with that kind of a sensor also um you, because it's larger you can have a larger you know anyway it, it's it's stupid but um the uh <laughs> the, the uh the thing about that is the math works out differently. Um, so the the effective focal length on that 350 would be the equivalent to a 525, um, I think, uh, it was what the official is, although I don't know how it's that, because it should be just 1.5, but I think that's just a rough estimate for most lenses. But anyway, it, it, it's, uh, it, it, zooms, it zooms good. It zooms big. Um, this is big on the zooms. Uh, so that's nice. It's a slower lens, so it's not as good as using the prime if you have the option. But uh, I don't want to carry 47 primes with me, so I like having uh, a little zoom and a big zoom and a prime that goes in the middle. Okay. So that's my, that's my technology pick. And I know you love cameras, and you have 47 uh, cameras around your house right now. I have, uh, well, currently 32 because I've got a few out on loan. Oh. Um, I, I actually, you know, sort of uh, run a, a camera rental business. Yeah, it's called My it's... Camera Rental. Actually, it's called Cameras, Cameras, Cameras. <laughs> cameras, Cameras, Cameras. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I changed it from from that other name <laughs> that you said that was totally true to the one that I said that's totally true. Um, I also have, uh, and this is a bit of a spoiler, we're doing a, um, a roundtable, our favorite products of the year, Dealy Bob, today uh, for one of the Twitch shows. Um, but this is a product that made me made me sort of what's that term where at first you're sort of um you sort of eh, eh, about something and then you realize that you you're sort of droopy dog about something and then you realize oh wow actually that is a cool thing and now i must say that i was wrong and tell you that i was wrong and um i am bad and this is a good thing is that eat crow is yep, that the word that All is right. 
But you can change it to eat droopy dog if you want. <laughs> I would like to eat droopy. No, like, that's not droopy. <laughs> droopy dog. Droopy dog. <laughs> I am trying to become droopy. That's a little bit closer. But it still sounds a little bit too South Park. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't watch South Park. I've just seen clips. I don't like that show. Um, I wish I could do Jimmy All right. I'm going to stop now. Um, there's this product and it is called, I want to make sure I get the right, uh, the Better B-E-D-D-R Sleep Tuner. I went to a um, Pepcom event. For folks who don't know, Pepcom is this PR. Um, it's like a PR company, a PR group that works uh, with with uh, different product teams to show off products at events like CES and the like to tech journalists, consumer tech journalists. And uh, they hold events every year, um, not just at CES, but also at other times as well. And so there was one in San Francisco not too terribly long ago, and we wanted to go for the purpose of testing out some of the camera equipment we would be using. Well, not me, thank God, uh, but that uh, some of our team would be using at CES. And so we went there. And I happened upon, uh, I, I looked over and there was this woman with a little uh, rounded rectangle stuck to her forehead. And from a distance, I saw this rounded rectangle stuck to her forehead and the company was called, the, the sign above her said better. And so I immediately made the assumption that this woman was using a sleep tracker that you stuck to your forehead and wore to bed every night to track your sleep. At which point I said, in what world is someone going to stick a sleep tracker to their forehead every night and uh, actually you know, be okay using that? And also, how often is this going to you know, require new um, adhesives? And you know, I had all these questions, and I sort of wrote the company off pretty quickly. But then I had a couple glasses of wine um, <laughs> um, and so smug yet to eat crow mica um, wanted to go over and sort of it was sort of a I didn't say this to them, but in my head, it was a prove me wrong kind of situation of <laughs> there's no way this makes any sense. <laughs> and so I went over. And I said, hi, what's that stuck to your forehead? <laughs> and uh, basically, this device, it is not a sleep tracker that you wear every night to bed. Instead, uh, it is a device that not only tracks your sleep and tracks your position, you know, what position you're in whenever you're laying down um, and tracks your heart rate which are all important for determining sleep and determining your stages of sleep. But most importantly, and the thing that sets this thing apart is that it tracks your blood oxygen content. Um, most of the time when people have sleep disorders, it has to do with their uh, ability to properly breathe while they're sleeping. There are different forms of sleep apnea, but the most common is uh, what's called soft palate sleep apnea. And essentially, um, the back of your throat, your soft palate, um, leading down into your throat, uh, relaxes while you're asleep. And when that happens, it cuts off the supply of oxygen to your lungs, which cuts off the supply of oxygen to your brain. And so your brain starts freaking the frack out because it's running out of uh, oxygen. And so it wakes you up, startles you awake from sleep. And it often happens in a way that doesn't completely pull you out of sleep. So you spend all night waking up over and over and over again, but you don't realize it. And so then when you get up in the morning, you're tired as can be, but it seems as if you have slept the whole night and it's very confusing. Um, so folks kind of go, can go a long time without realizing they have sleep apnea. Um, and this device can help you uh, test for that. Now, 
in its current form, the way that this works, again, it is not a sleep tracker that you wear to bed every night. The idea is that you are realizing that you're kind of unhappy with your sleep performance in the sense that maybe you realize that you wake up every day and you're still tired. And you're like, I know I slept like nine hours and yet I'm still tired. I don't understand why. Or maybe uh, your partner has said, you know, you snore or maybe you have woken up in the middle of the night um, out of the blue and think that it's uh, what do they call that? There's like a nightmare thing that's night, some, terrors. Oh, night terrors yeah <laughs> night terrors Yay. which my dad <laughs> thought he had night terrors um and it was not night terrors it was sleep apnea um and so then you get this device and you wear it for a week um it comes with this little uh packet of adhesive and they're these little sort of uh medical grade it feels like that medical tape that's fabric um and you place it around the back of the rectangle and you stick it to your forehead before you go to bed um it's very light it was not something that i was you know bothered by as i was going to sleep um and then you sync it up with the app uh also at USB-C charges which is kind of nice um but then you you know you wear it to bed and then when you wake up in the morning um you can take it off and get your results uh, the way they put it was wh one of the things I thought was interesting is um, the number of calculations that this thing does. If the Apple Watch, because some people wear their Apple Watch to bed, if the Apple Watch did as many calculations as this did, the Apple Watch would be dead in like two hours um, during the course of your of your sleep. So this thing's you know taking much more information more regularly and uh, calculating it. And so you kind of have to you do have to charge it every day, but you do it for a week to sort of get a trend of your sleep. And then from there, uh, it can kind of give you some insight onto or into what is uh, what might be going wrong with your sleep. Uh, so it tells you your what they call SBEs, which is a, a actual technical term, uh, stop breathing event. And uh, it tells you how many of those you have. And under you, most people do have a few stop breathing events over the course of their sleep. But the greater your average and the longer each of your SBEs are, are kind of the diff difference between having sleep apnea or not having sleep apnea. Um, and oh, and then pretty soon the company is going to be partnering with, um, oh goodness, I can't remember. It's one of the sleep organizations to include a, an actual like breathing. It's, it's part of a, of a device that would be used um, if you went and had a sleep study done for yourself. So the idea here is that they want to make it so that you don't have to go into one of those sleep study facilities. And if your insurance doesn't cover it, you end up spending a bunch of money because you're paying for two technicians, all of the supplies, all that kind of stuff. A doctor can send you home with a better and the little device that connects to your nose to, to um, sense your breathing, your respiration. And uh, then it gives more people the opportunity to be able to be tested for um, for what am I trying to say? Uh, sleep apnea. So very cool. Um, the sleep tuners, uh, blood oxygen content, uh, measurement and the heart rate functionality, uh, have been tested to clinical standards and verified by the university of California, San Francisco's hypoxia lab. Uh, it's an FDA class two medical device. Um, so it's benchmarked to hospital grade oximeters as well as um, better than finger pulse oximeters or fitness wearables uh, that are over the counter because they're not just trying to, they are not uh, benchmarking according to the consumer devices, but instead are benchmarking according to hospital grade uh, FDA class two medical devices. So yeah, the, the, the point of this is to, you know, really get information about your sleep. And um, I, have had uh, over the like I don't know several years have had that a situation where I would um, wake up in the middle of the night uh, sort of like <gasps> um, and then wake up and not know what was going on be very confused and um, I remember that 
those were some of the symptoms that my dad had had uh, where he would hear him sort of shout and then he would wake up and then he would fall back to sleep a little bit later. Um, and then when I was hospitalized uh, for my heart thing that time, uh, they did an x-ray of my chest and there were some, um, what is the word? Uh, it's your, oh, anatomical, um, anatomical, uh, signs of sleep apnea because of the way that it causes areas of low and high pressure in your chest and the way that that affects, it can affect the, uh, lungs in a certain way. So anyway, I have not, uh, gone and done a sleep study, but I have been using this device. And, uh, so pretty soon I'm going to be going in, uh, to talk to my doctor about the results of the sleep study because I do have, quite a bit above average, um, stop breathing events. So I wanted to talk about this product and highlight it because it may very well have shown me something that I would not have, um, easily figured out otherwise. And the fact that for folks in this country who, uh, can't afford a full on sleep study who are, you know, um, not blessed as, as I am and some of us are with, you know, health insurance through their employer or something like that. I think that a device like this is pretty cool. So, yeah, that is the Better Sleep Tuner. And I'm already obsessed with sleep tracking anyway. So, uh, of course, I was pumped about this product. I'm happy that you're happy. <laughs> See, that's usually something someone says when they're just like, mm, don't get it. But well, OK, I mean, I would get it, I guess, if. If this was if an area, it. yeah, if it, I mean, I, I, and it does, it does sound like it is helping you specifically. So that's of course a good thing. So I'm not, I'm being sarcastic. It just, um, wouldn't feature in my life in, I think the same way. So I don't, I don't, uh, it, it is not as exciting to me, but right. I, I, I see how it is very helpful. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, there are a lot of people that it, it can and probably will help. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't have another thing I'm happy about. And we should probably not end on a sad note of me trashing <laughs> of bad something things. else. Yeah. So uh, maybe as the construction sounds get louder in my immediate vicinity, we can wrap this up for the year. What is going on? I don't know if you can hear that, but... There is not yet. I can't. There is some heavy equipment outside, so hopefully nobody else is hearing that. Uh, but uh, but I think it is a good incentive to to wrap it up until next year. And uh, I, I will I will bid you adieu, adieu, yeah. adieu to you and you and you. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, no animal fact. Uh, no animal fact. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry the for, the, for the person who listened all the way to the end just for the animal fact. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Now I feel like I, oh, man. Did you know that um, some male spiders, when they are attempting to impregnate female spiders, will literally break off part of their body inside of the female spider? And when the female spider is running around, that part of the male body is just dragging along. Um, it's all very grim. Okay. Well, that's that's the end of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> but up, up, but up, animal facts. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha